Welcome back to Straight to DVD. So, like so I was saying, yes, well, yes. Like what, was, what, 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 what words? Like I was saying, <laughs> I'm in the middle of, of Dragon Ball, uh-huh. reading the full manga. Yes. I'm issue. What are you on? I'm on. So out of five hundred and thirty something chapters, I'm on chapter one eighty four. Great. So you're. You, Still got a ways to go. Well, but the 530 chapters, that's Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Okay. So I'm about to finish Dragon Ball. Goku is already... He's still a child. Well, he, now he's like a teenager. So at the end of Dragon Ball, he tur- he like wow, goes okay. away for like four years, and then he comes back as like wow. as like teenage Goku. It's like so, an epic memoir. You right. Know? Uh, people listening at home, very acutely, you may be wondering who this new voice is. It's Goku. It's Yes, Goku <laughs> is here with us today. <laughs> No one's so powerful as that. <laughs> right. Who would win in a fight, Goku or Superman? Oh wow! Um, There's a Superman joke in one of the in one of the. Is it that does Goku Super, would Does Superman ass? exist in the draft? First of all, first of all, we were accompanied by Fernando, another film connoisseur of ours. Just an admirer. An admirer who admires it way more intricately than I think we do. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You're going to thank tell you for bringing easily. some sort of credibility to. Yes. Another one of our conversations. Credibility, merit, if yeah. you will. <laughs> the only credibility you need is enthusiasm for movies, guys. Yes. Like, you yes. watch a movie, and you sit there, and you're like, that blew my mind. Like, that's all we're talking about yeah. here, right? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and would Dragon you, Ball Man. Yeah. Would you say you like movies now? Well, it's more that, like, I don't really have a personality separate from movies. Mm-hmm. Um all my life, I've been watching a lot of movies, and any time that I haven't been, I've been much less happy than I am when I do. Um, or thinking about movies. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. for sure. Sure. Um, uh, reading or, or learning more, or whatever. I'm just saying that like, it's important for me to feel enriched by the varieties of experiences that I have watching movies in a way that I just don't in day-to-day life or whatever. It's, it's purely so, an escapist thing for me. You would say that like in your day-to-day life, you're thinking about life in the context of film, would you say? It's, it's that like my perspective of the world around me is so inextricable from the way that sh- movies have shaped that perspective, right? Um, it's not me sitting on a train uh, reading a book or whatever, it's really considering the quality of the train or whatever, the sound design of everything around me, the stories that are occurring and the people around me or whatever, you know? Um, it's impossible for me to consider stories or experiences separate from what is, to me, the greatest recorder of stories and experiences, you know? Like the Dragon Ball manga. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Nando, <laughs> the epic was... memoir of Goku and his family. That That's fantastic. Right, same question. <laughs> That is actually an amazing segue into uh, the movie that we're discussing this episode. Yes. Um, yes. Raph's complete ignorance of what was happening is, in fact, the main theme of the movie that we're all discussing. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I just thought I was dumb. So we asked Fernando to come on an episode with us. And obviously we had some discussion about what we were going to watch. And I was like, how about, like, you know, Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon or something like that. You know, something that speaks Dark to me. Dark of the Moon. There is no side I, I, in that title. I can't even. I can't There's even no side in that title. It's not Pink Floyd album. I can't even. Get the Transformers movie. <laughs> That's how dumb those titles are. Yeah. Um, so F- Fernando, um, being the movie genius that he is, unlike Michael and myself, indeed, well, probably Mike 
to some extent more than me. Well. <laughs> but so Fernando chose a very interesting uh, Japanese film, and I thought I was an idiot while watching it, and, but apparently that's actually how you're supposed to feel. Absolutely. Even while I was taking yes. notes, I was like, none of this makes any sense, Absolutely. and it's not going to bring anything to whatever conversation we're going to right. have. See, I, I had the added benefit of watching it next to Fernando, so I knew how to feel about the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so interesting. Oh, yeah, this is funny. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. let, oh, that was surprising. Let the listeners be aware that I was sitting on a couch next to Michael here watching this movie. We were having a perfectly good time, but I did observe him like looking over to me as if we were in a movie theater and I was his pretty date and he wondering if if I was like also having a good time or whatever I didn't understand that I was supposed to be the emotional model of his cinematic experience but I just, but I now all to make is revealed sure when something was shown or said to us and I was like that's Should fucking we say weird the name of the movie? oh yes nando you're our special guest Raph, excellent idea nando please introduce and tell us the title and director of this film and a loose synopsis if you'd like Synopsis. This week. I think that's Italian for uh, synopsis. Synopsis. <laughs> for what's it all about? Um, you know the the movie that we are discussing. Dominic Oh, um, I apologize to anyone who's a, a Italian American activist of you know the 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 image of Italians in their uh, presentation in in the world today. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Well, that, that's that, that's Italian. But that's what I mean. That like. <laughs> Um, so much of the world today is about figuring out what is and is not offensive or like what people are sensitive about, but let's all unite and saying it's okay to be racist against Italians. <laughs> yes, as an Italian-American, yeah. I would agree with you. Just, I am okay with that. By all means, just shed your racism on me. It's okay. I don't think uh, the, it's racist. I think it's just making fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something a racist would say. I don't think I can be racist. Why is that? This might be one of those parts that I no, cut out of the movie. No, no, no. I, I, I'm really interested in this. Raph, why can't you be racist? Because I've seen Black Panther. Awesome. Yes. Also, I'm black. Uh, Raph's are, are you blackness black? is so incorporated into his identity and presence in the world um, that he has earned the right to understand what is and is not oppression. And... <laughs> We should all be grateful that there are people in the world who really do experience that clarity, you know? I am a lily white person, America, and it's true that I observe a lot of things and I don't really understand <laughs> um, their fundamental, like, dynamics of the world. Guys, we've been chatting for, like, 20 minutes and yes. still haven't mentioned We've, we've, we've <laughs> hit the seven-minute mark. The title of the film has not been mentioned yet. Well, it's just a lot of We're getting there. This is all building towards that. But, yes. but it's so true. <laughs> the it, entire episode just, is just us leading up to, to saying the name of the movie and then it just cuts Now we're there. done. Yeah, right. But cool. it, it is so true that the movie that we're discussing, the yet unnamed movie, is so interesting and so rich in its depiction of like society and dynamics between sure, people absolutely. and how people exercise horrific control over other people. Like, you know, right. we're, yeah. we're all very on brand and on page about this. We're getting somewhere. Yes. Connecting the dots, Nan. This is why we have you on, because we can't do that. The movie with so many dots to connect is called Cure, yes. and it's from 1997. It's by a guy named Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Thank you, Raf. You got there. Um, <laughs> we made it. We did it. It's, to all of us, um, a 
very enigmatic, right? Very mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, a lot of terrible things happening. And also, I think we should say there will be spoilers for yes, 1997 just, Cure yeah. in yes. this episode. It, right. It's a very in-depth, and, and it's impossible to discuss its mysteries without spoiling elements of the literal plot that way. Absolutely. With the spoilers, I will say, uh, I think if you hear the spoilers, I don't think it'll take away from the viewing experience. So if this is a movie that you haven't seen, Absolutely. I wouldn't advise you to necessarily stop listening. Absolutely. Um, De- yes. You can, you can still listen and, and you know, you know, hear whatever conversation that we're going to be having about the movie and whatever spoilers or details we may be exploring and going into and talking about a bit more won't take away from your viewing experience, I don't think. If anything, it might enhance it. If you, I had you, someone tell me what was happening before, it probably would have been... You, be, we'll 100% be more confused having yeah. listening to this and then watching the movie. But it's so true that the, the movie is, is, is completely uh, in conflict with any like linear understanding of what's happening, right? Of course. Um, like So many things happen in it that are completely inexplicable or are, seem supernatural. Uh, and the experiences that people have are so beyond, of course, uh, the tangible experience that we have every day. But the truth is that the feelings that they express and that how all of the scenes are constructed and and the way that events occur um they really do tap into anxieties and insecurities um that are very obvious to anyone who are who's watching like it's very not subtle as a movie that way well it's interesting you point that that bit out about it being linear because they subtly do it at the beginning where we see the first the first quote-unquote victim with the x on their chest and the way the the police uh, inspector takabe uh, is handling it is as if it's the first one. It's just like, oh, this is the first murder. But then you find out in the next scene, there's actually, this is the fourth. Right. Mm. It's one of the, the great reveals of the movie that... Should we give a synop? Quick oh, synop. a quick, a quick well, synopsis? Well, of course, yeah. we're just getting into the fact that this is an amazing example of a detective movie about f- following... Um, uh, an, a figure of authority of of uh, an incorruptible person, right? I was um, going to say a cop guy. No, exactly. <laughs> but, but as a detective, he has to he has to um, represent so much, right? He has to in every scene project power and authority mm-hmm. and reliability. You know, so the way that the movie subverts our expectations of that authority, right? Cop guy, uh, yeah, of, yes. of cop guy cop not guy. being able to get a handle on his cop business, right? His cop <laughs> wife, right? Um, his cop partner, you know, like <laughs> yes. he, for so much of the movie, he is completely in control. And then an amazing thing happens: they catch the guy in the middle of the movie. Oh, middle of the movie, yeah. they catch the killer. But that's when it goes wrong. Every aspect of the structure that has been very uh, explicitly laid out about how the scenes and how they progress mm, and escalate, yeah. it's interrupted really in the middle of the movie. It never comes back to it again. And it takes on this pretty weird dimension, I would right. say. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit, Mike? What's happening in the last parts of the movie that are pretty fucked up? Well, there were definitely scenes in the movie, yes. I agree. Well, was there a scene that seemed particularly fucked up to you? Um, well, aside from every single one, well, how about, <laughs> well, obviously, I think we both had a similar visceral reaction, um, and I, he's not quite, there, this, this moment, nice one, dude, Sorry. uh, our, um, our villain, so to speak, his yes. name is, uh, 
uh, Miami, but, but of course he's Miami. a he's a figure of amnesia. Am- know, he, right. He's presenting himself as someone with zero short term memory. Right. Whether mm-hmm. that's um, self inflicted amnesia right. or, or somebody else has or done pretended this, or pretend amnesia. Mm. Um, and if it is pretend, he's extremely good, good extremely at really yeah, good really at really right. disturbingly. Right. But there's uh, he's in a hospital and he's not yet caught by the police. And he does his weird uh, hypnosis on hypnosis. on the doctor. Wow! Uh, yes, he does hypnosis. I don't know if we. <laughs> <laughs> Our villain can do hypnosis with a lighter, with water, perhaps with, with other sound, things, with sound, yeah, uh, with images. Yeah, I guess absolutely uh, all kinds of things. It's not explicitly stated what. Right, but he um, has a power over people. Yes, um, and he hypnotizes the doctor who's treating him in the hospital and she murders a man and yes. this is this will come back to uh, we were talking about sexism before the episode this is a big part mm-hmm. of that, about it in the, in the film um, he preys on this female doctor's um, past I guess insecurities or oppression from men but and like it's suggested oppression like yes, he obviously doesn't yes. know this doctor he just sees yes. that she's a female doctor exactly and right. he's I guess just like able in like a split second to wow. pick up on whatever insecurities that this person may have and he does the same thing with like with other characters who he'll like then hypnotize into murdering and I'm sorry for cutting you off no no but no no no. It's, this, uh, is, this is it, free it, form it, format baby oh okay that's, yeah. that's good to know uh, glad we're doing something different here. <laughs> yeah uh, um <laughs> But yeah, it's like it, it's an implied or not implied. It's like an inferred sexism that he picks up on, right. um, And then uses that to, to kind of hypnotize. And her. ultimately, what it leads to is probably one of the most grotesque images in the film, where she m- <sighs> murders a man in the bathroom, public restroom of the and, hospital. Of the hospital, and somebody walks in, and she's just finished carving an X into the victim's chest. Which, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned. Every victim has a chest, a chest carved into their chest. They have an X carved into their chest, except this time, um, like throat, 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 like throat, throat, to, chest. throat to nipskis. Throat, let's yeah, say. throat to nips. Yeah. Wow. She's peeling this man's face off. Right. Like it's a rubber mask yeah. from the cut that she made. And it was absolutely right. horrific. Well, yeah. I mean. There's a. I kind of liked it. Well, did, did you? I've seen a lot of horror movies, and I've definitely like seen gross images or whatever. But that was a, a singular moment for Michael and I to be sitting there on the couch, screaming in the dark um, at the horror of this image that we saw. You know, um, but that's like kind of the power of the movie and how it had built up to that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll agree, Raph, that it's like very deliberate that way. That it's constantly building itself in these little stages that way. The, like the murders? Well, the, yeah, and you that everything in the movie is just like expect, it's constantly right? yeah. rolling forward in this yeah. w- in the, with its weirdness. But but that's I mean he sets that up right off the bat, right? Like you understand the circumstances, and no. as a result of that, simply having one stranger walk up to another stranger on right. the beach, like you were saying, right. is immediately you're like, oh, what the fuck? Because right. the circumstances have been set up. Yeah, like that's that. exactly right. I mean, I think it's it's obviously like structured in a certain way to create. Um, not only to create but sustain attention throughout really all of its 120 minutes from scene one thinking about how a disease has infected the people uh, and created created so many issues between these people right that it's not only murders and it's not only destruction of the bodies but it's also the destruction of the soul 
um, that every one of these scenes is about the destruction of a person's personality. Um, so to be constantly rolling through one after another is really kind of unbearable for a viewer, you know? Indeed. Uh, you, you talk about destruction of, of the soul. Um, yes, I believe you're a master on this topic. <laughs> Dude, if there's one thing I know, it's, to, it's destructing souls. Um, it's frequent in Dragon Ball. Uh, yes, that's right. It, yeah, it constantly comes up in Dragon Ball. Piccolo loves to destruct souls. Um, shit, what was I going to say before you guys so rudely interrupted? Dis destru speaking of destruction of the souls. souls. Speaking of destruction of the souls, yes. I still have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> shit. Oh, isn't that a shame? Damn. Damn it. Just talking about Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's just talk about Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um No, I think what I was gonna I was gonna take destruction of the soul, um, and I, I, I really wanna talk about like the way that the movie was paced, which we've kinda touched on a little bit in terms of like each murder I feel like we're kind of seeing like a little bit more in terms of like the method to how he's able to hypnotize these people. Mm -hmm. And like with that murder with, with the with the doctor, um, that's the only one where we kinda see his entire process from front to end. Like literally, from you know the time that he meets the person to um, the object that he will use to hypnotize them, his hypnosis process, right, and the final murder, right. Like the first murder, we only see well, we see I guess a little bit of the murder, and we see like end result. Right. They, they get, he gives you little pieces. He gives you little pieces each for each yeah. murder, and I I mean I think like in terms of like an unsettling movie like. The way that it's paced, you're kind of like, okay, like it's just gonna be like a continuous stream of murders, and we're just gonna see a little bit more with each murder, right? And then at the end, we'll finally see like his full process into how he makes people murder right. each other, and then he'll get caught by the by the cop guy, right? Um, but like you said, that's like but it's, it's, it's not bad. It, it, it's right. just like cut abruptly in the middle of the movie, yeah. Um, and it becomes this like completely different. Or just it's, like new experience that you're not expecting. So bizarre though, because it, correct me if I'm wrong. Every time we see his hypnosis in effect, it's kind of from the perspective of the person being hypnotized. So you don't really know, like what, like what the hell is he really doing yeah. to these people? Because like the weird shit happens with the water, and it's like, oh, that's how he's per she's perceiving it. Right. But is the water on the ground? Like it was just a small cup. No, exactly. How is there that How much there fucking that water, much water? Yeah. like moving towards her? But that's of course something that happens throughout. Um, and then, that, I mean, well, I guess you know, I don't know. I don't know if you see it, but there's a cut of her, like, or of him going back to the sink, and it doesn't seem like there was like a spilled cup there. Right. There's uh, a lot of shit like that. Yeah, yeah, um, like yeah. That. And, and just the way that the the water sounds as he's pouring it into it or whatever. Right. But but that's the level of detail that the that the movie's interested, right? Yeah. Really thinking about all of the ways that something normal, something expected, can be perverted, right? Mm -hmm. Twisted in a certain way so that a person is very familiar with how wrong it is, but yeah. they don't understand why it's so wrong or what it means right. that way, you know? Well, Ref, let me know if you picked up on this, because Nando and I, this was like the first thing... Probs not. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> this is like the first thing we, we noticed and we spoke about, like, in the middle of the movie and after we watched it. Obviously, so many of the earlier scenes are set up just as, I, I don't want to say one takes, because they're not, like, trying to... It's, it's as if you're on a set mm -hmm. or a play yeah. and the camera's just there and Nando put it so eloquently it's just like ever so slightly moving around the space it only moves like when it needs to yeah, like exactly. it's mostly to like follow a character right. if they get up That's or move right. but it is like it's super stationary 
Um, and I did, I, yeah, I definitely picked up on that because yeah. I watch movies. Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> right? but, but, you don't know this, I watch movies. But it's also not especially subtle, right? No, it's like, not. Like, definitely not nothing about the movie is, like, disguising no, any right. aspect of this. For but sure. I think, I mean, I totally think that's on purpose. And, I mean, uh, I forgot, I think it's after the murder, um, after the, uh, the, the doctor's murder. Uh, but our, our cop guy is, um, he goes to, he goes to, like, the guy's house or something. To, to like snoop around. Yes, with and all the caged monkeys. With all the caged monkeys, and he sees that one monkey like X thing, yes. and then there's Almost like a, like Jesus, and then there's like yeah. a quick, a super quick cut of like a random shot of like a bunch of monkeys and like birds in cages, and like that was super unsettling because you're so used to the right. cameras right. staying static and like hanging on shots for such an extended period of time that it makes it makes like a quick cut like that in a movie is like always going to be like unsettling and you're always going to be like wait what did, wait did I just did I just see what I thought I saw but in a movie like this where you're like exp you're spending so much time only seeing these long takes and then it cuts like that like unexpectedly it, it's like that much more startling right, yeah of course right, yeah absolutely. Um, and and I think the the power that Kurosawa demonstrates right in all of these scenes and in all of these decisions um, is really astonishing because you have to think about how many of them are, of course are are choreographed so eloquently you know mm -hmm. that they're really set in a sequence that that reveals so much meaning and and, and so much feeling right expressing so much feeling absolutely um, but that feeling these expressions the things that are happening in this movie are so negative right. And they're so overwhelming for a viewer, right, to be sitting there and to really be encountering all of these different conflicts and all of these different stimuli. Um, how can you sit there and be able to take it, you know? Right. Well, that's, that's what we were talking about and how the simple play-like filming of it uncut on just simple things happening is so unsettling and how something like just somebody microwaving something behind somebody else or pouring a <laughs> cup of coffee behind somebody else is just so uncomfortable because that person has their back to them and you can see what's happening behind the character but the character cannot and the character doesn't seem concerned with the fact that uh, like a you know a, a suspect is like unrestrained just behind them moving around in the space absolutely very strange and bizarre as well yeah for sure and I think the way that it is bizarre it I think it has a particularly Japanese context um, Raf, have you like read a lot of Japanese media or like seen a lot of Japanese movies? Dude, it's funny you say that, cause I'm actually in the middle of a. Well, it's, I think she's Japanese American, but I'm in the middle of a of a, of a novel um, that's set in Japan and like is centered around mostly Japanese characters. Wow. Um, What's it called? It's called uh, the Samurai's Garden. Um, You're enjoying it? Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if I if I have like enough. Just like general experience with like Japanese media to speak on like the uh, well, well, I, I forgot what it was that you said the just I, I don't want to put words in your mouth I was just it, it seemed to me that Cure was kind of distinct for being so of a culture right there's such a context happening in Japanese society um, the relationship between Japanese men and women mm -hmm. you know yeah. there's oh, really well the villain also has a line oh so societies to blame yeah it's right exactly. like really I did have, have the feeling while watching it that I needed more of a context of like that's so interesting Japanese culture and Japanese like cinema in particular uh, because like obviously like I'm going into it with like an American set of eyes and like I'm bringing in like <laughs> I'm bringing in, like, in the beginning, like, all right, cop guy, boom, point break, die hard, <laughs> lethal weapon, 
fucking. I'm there. Like that's what I'm bringing in. Like I'm like seven. Like that's what I'm yes. thinking. Of course. I'm like this is gonna be a bunch of murders, right. and then there's gonna be a head in the box at the end, and like Brad Pitt and and fucking Morgan right. Freeman will save right. the day. Right. But I, I mean, I think Fernando, I think you have more of a well, more of a context to to understand this than like the, your like general American viewer. Okay. No, no. Okay. I think you have the perfect context. I think that's exactly what the movie is going for. That the movie is so invested in you thinking of the protagonist Takabe as someone who has everything in control. Yes, he's struggling. Yes. Yes, absolutely. he's he's he, cool, calm, and collected for so much of it until he's not. That's right. That, but he's also under so much pressure. You know, not only does he have all of these murders to solve, not only is he no closer to the solution of this this plague. Devastating his city, but also at home, he is very literally burdened by his wife in a certain way. She uh, is, uh, I guess, an invalid in a certain way. She doesn't yes. work. Um, she doesn't really provide for him as a homemaker. She's mm -hmm. kind of sick. He has to always promise her that things will be better, but he can't really provide for her in the way that he would want. And also she can't provide for him in the role of a wife in a very literal way. Is she amnes amnesic? Well, <laughs> that's that's kind of a crazy question, isn't it? Yes. It, isn't it interesting that so much of the movie is about not only presenting behavior in the killer that is distinctive, um, that is the signature of any scene with the killer, that you understand exactly the dynamics of of what makes him so threatening, but then those dynamics are also seated in all of these other scenes. It's that very there's so many suggestions to, happening that way. I, that's exactly right. Yeah. That that the killer and his problems are actually the problems that Takabe encounters throughout his whole life. Right, and his frustration with his wife, he of course doesn't let out to his that's wife, right. and it comes out that's in right. the scene that's right. with the killer, and it's, you know. Right. Well, but what do you think the movie has to say about um, the way that people relate that way, or that, or that veneer of control that is revealed to be um, to be artificial, you know, to be not there. Um, well, I mean, that that raises a whole other question, and this is something that was going to tie back to the whole looking at the context of this as an American viewer. Is ultimately, and this is sort of towards the end of the movie, where it's sort of, and let me know if I'm wrong, implied that there's a sort of cult yes. happening. Yes. And it's a lot bigger than just this one... That it has a long history. It has a long history, and there are a lot of people affected by it. That's yeah. right. Like the diner waitress. Well, right. but, but right. That, that is, of course, the climax. The thing about Cure, dear listeners, is that <laughs> um, it has, we can say, one of the most stunning endings that uh, surely I've seen in my long uh, years of watching crime movies. Um, just in terms of its sheer hopelessness, of its deconstruction of everything that has come before it, um, and telling you that it was all really for nothing. That, that, that the pretension of authority or control um, was really completely invisible the whole time, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that it, it was that right it had there no, in front of him. That, he that eats, had there, no substance. He yes. eats there and smokes yes. there all the time. The woman who waits on him all the time is just an, a, another, like... Amnesia. Amnesia. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh! That's interesting. That's not what I took from that. Oh, oh. Do you do you want me to blow your minds right now? Yes, please. Yeah. Do you blow, want me to blow, blow away? Blow okay. Away. Well, <laughs> he listens to a certain cylinder, right? 
Um, he puts on like kind of a little record, and it, yeah, and it yeah, says and like Woodhouse, kind of, right? That's right. Um, but it's it's a very old record, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like kind of someone uh, chanting in a certain yes. way, right? Yes. Oh, well, but the the chanting that's heard on this record towards the conclusion of the movie is very much like the hypnotic instructions that mm-hmm. we have been exposed to throughout. Yes. Well, what does the diner waitress do before she pulls out the knife? She goes over to his table. She talks to him. She does he hypnoses him. her. Bada bang, bada boom. Oh, and that's why she goes Interesting. So he's now uh, a part of it, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Very, that's very how, That's how I read it. You're a dumb-dumb. <laughs> no, but, she, but doesn't she speak to... Uh, <clears throat> doesn't she speak to uh, another waitress or the maitre d' or, or someone, and that's after once she gets the knife afterwards? I think she does, and you also and then you see people like running like running yeah. towards the back. I think yeah, I, I, maybe maybe we're looking too much into this. Maybe she just had some carrots. To <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no I, I mean, I, I do think it's. Um, I mean, this kind of feels like a lazy <laughs> reading of the movie, but I think it could be read either way. <laughs> Um, and I obviously, did, it's like I, I pretty did, weird. So I did read right. it more so that he was now, yeah. you know, this like kind well, he's of he's different. He's different. He's kind of well, in, like he's now more so in the role of Miami, and like yeah, even the way right. he's like holding himself and like right. holds his like head. He, yeah. like, he finished his table. meal. He's yeah. having his coffee. He's smoking a cigarette. cigarette. He seems right. comfortable. Yeah. His this tone of his voice is different yeah. in that final scene. Um, I kind of read it more so as that, but I did notice the people running into the back and thought that it might that that might have been a little bit of like a this is bigger than just like a one off right thing mm-hmm. or right. just like one person at a time. Um, right. Sure. Um, I, I've been, I've you guys want to talk monkeys? I'm always happy to talk about monkeys. Uh, definitely, dear listener, there's a there's pretty good monkey content in this movie. Um, <laughs> Just if you've ever thought, what's the most nightmarish way a monkey's corpse could be displayed? Um, then you've really got a surprise for you in store and cure. <laughs> the answer is, is hiding and cure. The, well, yeah, the twice. Yeah, no, twice. exactly. Um, talking it over with you guys in, in thinking about um, the way that the movie is essentially about the defending of values, right? That he starts one way, but kind of the pernicious influence of this killer, right? Of this hypnosis, of this magic, um, it leads him astray, mm-hmm. right? And that's, and that's the conclusion that we were describing. Um, that ultimately he falls victim to uh, the evil that he has pursued throughout the movie. Um, we were talking about Japanese context. I think, right. I think if, we're, if we consider the movie in a particularly Japanese context, if we... If we consider it as a reflection of whatever Kurosawa might imagine about Japanese mm-hmm. society circa 1997, um, just in thinking about it right now, I don't, I don't think it's too much of a leap to really describe how it might be articulated that way, how that context might be articulated, um, if you'll allow me to describe it. By all means. Um, I am all ears. Please do. <laughs> I think we can only say that Kurosawa... Um, is essentially describing a reactionary ideology with this movie. A person who is deeply conservative in the values that he protects and how he sees them under threat. Throughout the movie, there's this motif of this disease that is occurring, this hypnosis, this magic that's spreading its way throughout uh, the unnamed city that is being devastated. Um... One aspect of its 
horror is the way that it disrupts relationships, right? And I'm thinking particularly of the scene where the killer is in front of a whole panel of police officials, right? Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there with his detective and uh, they're trying to confront him about his crimes and he's of course very reticent too because he's pretending that he does not remember. Um, And his pretense is so offensive to the head of the police department. Now this was very interesting because it is not offensive in terms of him being a criminal or a murderer. It's really offensive in his not showing the proper deference to the authority, to the office mm-hmm. of this official. It's really quite striking that they're not concerned at all with about his the, crime. The crime. Yeah. It's really about his behavior yeah. in the meeting. But that's true all the time. And that's true of, uh, of the wife who fails to uh, provide for her husband that way. She's demonstrated to oh, be I'll part do, of this I'll influence. Do, let me do that. That's yeah. exactly right. Simply just yeah, right. microwave. Right, yeah, sure. Like- um, yeah, and, and that climaxes with, um, with her presenting uh, a bowl covered as if she has made him dinner and he opens it up and it is merely an uncooked steak. Um, well, but but that's like, but that's a joke, right? It literally, he opens it up and he's like, the punchline is, I have a terrible wife. It's kind of amazing that way. Um, but this is totally something that is happening throughout, right? That 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 the doctor, right? Um, the, the killer goes up to the doctor and he says, you as a woman, your femininity has made you fail as a doctor. You don't care about curing people. You don't care about helping anyone. You want to cut a man open. And she does. She does because she is driven to by the influence of this killer, of this magic. And what is, what is the sign of the magic? Are we talking about the lighter? I, what? What, what is... What is the one symbol that appears? Oh, the X. The X. Um, and when... Thanks for the clue, right? That's <laughs> for anyone who picked up on that sound, that was me making an X. When... <laughs> With uh, my arms and my face. When does the magic uh, first begin its influence in Japan? When, when is that video from? Oh, oh, hundred oh, years uh, ago. It's the late 1800s, which was like yeah, the yeah. end of the... Right. Well, they described it as the Meiji restor- Restoration. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much you know about Japanese history, but the Meiji res- Restoration is the opening of Japan to the world. It is the ending of millennia of trade, of trade, of non-trade, I should say, non-communication with the outside world. Yeah, a complete Um, resistance to any sort of, like, outside influence. Until Mm. a certain moment when all it took was one emperor bowing to the pressure of the outside world to say, fine, we will integrate with you, we will accept your ideas and your images and your cultures and your languages into our islands, you know, into our insular culture of of honor and duty and roles, roles that are very particular in how they're structured, right? It was very interesting to me that it was an influence colored not just by the destruction of roles, but also the the spreading of this symbol, the cross, the X. Mm -hmm. What do Mm -hmm. they do? They kill ritualistically. They are everywhere. There's no escaping them. It's been going on since this one moment, and now, by the end of the movie, we must understand that it is inescapable. That we are condemned to live forever 
in a world plagued by this evil that destroys not only our bodies, not only our souls and our personalities, but also the way that we relate to each other. And what could be more devastating to a Japanese person of a certain age, of a certain perspective, you know? Um, I think from beginning to end, uh, the movie is like so deeply conservative in the way that it creates yeah. its perspective on the world, you know? I thought it was really stunning to see a horror movie about like uh, those damn kids 120 years ago when they when they yeah. fucked up everything and they, and they allowed all this influence into our culture. Like, our culture was so great before then, right? Everyone had the authority, everyone had the roles that they needed until it was taken from them, right? Until it was perverted. So, Nando, right? talk, talk to me about the title. <laughs> well... Nando, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> Having you on has highlights, made, highlights nothing but has made this podcast a thousand times smarter. And we would be foolish to not have you on all the time. Yeah, going forward. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's so silly of you, but because but that's what I mean. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just two jackasses. Like what I mean is monkey but, cross. What's up with that, huh? That's fucking but, weird. But that's right. what I, But that's so, what, yeah. what I mean is. If we were to think about it this way, all we're doing is taking it on its own merits, right? All we're doing is repeating what it is yelling at us at every scene. That's what I'm saying. That like every scene, the way that the things are developing, the way that it reveals more and more of its killings every time, and how the reveals are not necessarily more violent, they're not necessarily scarier, but they are more detrimental to the fabric of society or whatever. Mm. The, The ways that they are violations of power of hierarchy of role of duty that is the thing that the movie is very obviously concerned by you know yeah like what can we say except it is it's a it must be an impassioned defense of like the way things used to be or whatever you sure. know so we can only think that the title as you were as you were saying mm-hmm. um is what uh, is the cure is there a cure did you guys already have this conversation no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right good um uh, well, but that's the thing. To me, it, it, to me, it's deeply ironic because there there isn't one. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like the disease. Um, the like, cure is to what? receive the disease. Well, but that's what I mean. That like that 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 we are all that certainly the the nation of Japan or or the city the unnamed city that that it's occurring in because um, it's like kind of a fantasy, right? It is, like yes, like absolutely. the like definitely the the cop station is it's really not meant to be literal or realistic in in I don't that think, way, right? You, you never really see like right. the outside of his house. Yeah, you never exactly. see him there's no there's no it. sort of like right. like establishing shots and like they're yeah, like yeah. they're in the they're in the woods at, at one point, they're on the beach at one point, they're in a city, but the city's dirty. You never see how big, any of these places but you can, Yeah, you never yeah, yeah. You don't right. understand how they're like how the geography is related to right. to each other. To which me, always fucking bugs me. <laughs> that, that I'm I'm so glad you I'm big on movie geography. Well but I'm so glad you brought up the geography because it's so it's so psychological, right? It's mm-hmm. really not based on a, on any realistic idea of how a city would operate or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think a seven is really the same way. Seven mm-hmm. kinda takes place in like sort of weird America, you know, yeah. like a, a, a an ugly hellish Chicago or something like that. But yeah. they never mention where it is. It's just like 
this is America, you idiot, you know, like, look at it, and you know, like, yeah. this is how shitty your life is, you know? Um, so we're in, we're in any city, Japan. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but the city itself, to me, more so than in, like, Seven or whatever, like, this, this is so full of shots of dudes on roofs, right? Like, there are lots of, like, tracking shots of two guys walking on a roof, and they're discussing where what what they're up against you know um the the crimes the terror that they've seen how they might pursue it but what's looming in the background the whole time the city like it is a tracking shot of them against what they're against you know they are in conflict with everything around them everything around them is conspiring to inflict on them the things that they're talking about, you know? And it couldn't be more obvious. Like, oh, yeah. The, like, there's there's one scene where... Um, you keep saying these things couldn't be more obvious, and I didn't pick up on it. Well, I just mean that I, as I'm watching this, I'm just like, I'm hearing this dude, Kurosawa, be like, oh, you stupid kids, or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. the, the just its purpose is, like, so... Um, I don't know. It, it it vibrates with such intensity, you know. Like you really can't mistake it for anything other than like rage and frustration and anxiety, you know. Um, and that's of course like what's happening in every city shot. Like any time, it's never nice to see the skyline or whatever. It's just a portent of what they're up against about how every person in every one of these buildings is potentially a new killer, right? Mm -hmm. um, the influence could spread to them. The magic could overtake them and destroy their lives and destroy the people around them. But but that's one of millions and millions of stories happening just in the background of this conversation or whatever, you know? And so all, all that to say is uh, uh, you like the movie. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really special that way. Um, that it was like exciting and original. Raph? <laughs> Fuck, dude, I'm blown away. <laughs> so what's up with the name? I thought about it for like two seconds, and I was like, I don't have time. For <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I don't have time to try to teach myself no, what I, just happened. Yeah, Did I, it make you, Raph, want to see another movie by that guy? Did it make you think, this guy uh, might have another good movie in him? Fuck yeah. Yeah? Um, 100%. I, yeah. I'm definitely interested to see what else this dude has to offer. Sorry for the... What's in your mouth? Out. What's in your mouth? Tums, uh, my stomach feels like absolute dog shit right now. Oh yeah, we can definitely confirm that Raph's stomach feels like dog shit. He's this been complaining true. about it online. Yes, yeah, I have. That's right. yeah, I suck. So you would you would recommend this movie? Well, okay. I I chose this movie um, out of a selection thinking about the movies that are very obviously respected among people kind of watching fun movies like us today. You know, um, like I think we're three guys who enjoy. The experience, you know, you sit down on a movie and you want to kind of feel, you know, the the engine of something going, you know, something yeah. leading somewhere, something kind of new or exciting to look at or think about or a relationship that you hadn't considered in a certain way, you know, really um, enjoying kind of a, a visceral experience mm -hmm. that way, you know. Um, so out of those things that I that I that I imagine, right, that people that people enjoy as visceral experiences. Uh, this was a particularly visceral experience, right? You cannot... It would be difficult to be bored watching this movie, yes. I would say. Even as it is very slow. Even as it is like very full of like long shots of people not really doing anything. The truth is that the way that those scenes are constructed make it insanely unsettling. Yeah. Completely fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the, the achievement of capital C completely fucking terrifying is like... 
worthy of recommendation, you know? Well, so that's a yes. Uh, <laughs> Raph, was it visceral for you as well? Would you recommend this film? Yeah, 100%. Um, even, like, trying to take a few seconds to jot something down so that I would remember it for later discussion, um, I didn't even want to take that time to look away from yeah, the screen. that's exactly um, right. But you knew that you couldn't, right? Because, yeah. like, every shot is, like, so full of detail. Yeah. But it's always making you look at every aspect of the pretty expansive shots that they would yeah. create, right? Um, my, when, I, when we were talking about the way that the shots are constructed to have detail in them, like for the cities, um, I was thinking also of the um, of a certain murder occurring in the movie where a, a, a policeman murders his, his partner, right? Um, oh. So he's like sitting around by a tree and he's like doing some business and he's doing it for a kind of a while. We, we know that something bad is about to happen, but we wait a long time for it to happen. And then he pulls out a gun and he fires two in the back of his partner's head and it's very disturbing. But the truth is that for 40 seconds before this murder occurs, there is a sign on the right of the frame just sitting there um, screaming at you in, I think, black on white, Red no on white. Oh, no more gun. Is that yeah. what it says? Yeah. It yeah. says no more gun. That's which my, is it's my first note. Which, no more gun sign. <laughs> which I, is, thought, I mean, I thought that was hysterical. I, I th- you 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 see a shot like this, and you and you sit with it for so long before anything happens. And as soon as the shot opens, you you, like, you see that side, and you're like, all right, he's gonna fucking shoot him. Yeah. And like any other movie, it would you know the, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't have all that time you know kind of like waiting for the yeah. the event to happen, or like then when it when it does happen, it would be I guess much more like explosive than it actually was. Absolutely. Like he gives a guy two in the back of the head, and there's no like blood splatter or anything. Like the guy just falls down, and like yeah. there's like a lame like thud, and like that's the seat. That's well, it. We were talking about how like creepily routine it was for yeah. him. Yeah. He takes the trash out. He yeah. looks up at like the tree, and then he's like, like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah I should probably bang, kill bang. this guy." Yeah. yeah. And then right after it happened, you were like, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, no more gun." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought no more gun was was, was amazing. I, um, but but don't you think that's like exactly the reaction that it's supposed to elicit? That it's like basically a joke that way. Yes, absolutely. To, but to me, it's absolutely. a joke the way that the stake is a joke. You know, um, that it's like so completely ridiculous. But I think that's that's the level of absurdity that he's working on. That he that he recognizes that a story. Um, about magic and about horrid murder or whatever, um, not only will it be absurd in that way, not only will it be absurd in kind of a funny way, right, where, mm-hmm. where it creates these little visual moments, but the truth is, the truth is that the horror that it's describing is also absurd. To Kurosawa, I think it is to him completely absurd the society that he observes, right? Mm-hmm. That everything around him is so crazy, so... Uh, black on white, bottom on top, you know, um, topsy turvy in a way where everything is subverted, right? Everything is not as it is to be, right? Everything is twisted. So it's also occurring in the world around them, right? I have to die next to a sign that says "No more gun." <laughs> like it's equally ridiculous that way. But it, but that's just that's just the way. That's the only vocabulary he has to express. Um, the horror of the world around him. Like, don't you feel bad for the guy? That that's like the, the that's life that he, he leads? Think, he thinks well, about yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what bothers yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he's like, that anytime he goes to a restaurant or whatever and he observes anyone like um, being less than deferential to a business guy at the table or whatever, like someone who has earned his place in society or whatever, um, it must really be 
then he is infuriated by that. That he goes fucking crazy. You know, I. Th- that's just. You you watch this movie and you think, wow, this is like a an angry grandpa Fox News like looking dude. Just shaking, yeah. shaking his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Like, get off my lawn or whatever. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is really like the Japanese get off my lawn movie for sure. <laughs> Michael, uh, would you suggest it? Yes, I will or recommend it. I I would. I would recommend it to people that I know would enjoy it. Uh, okay, is what I will say. Um, I'm I'm so struck and I was so. Uh, honest, honestly, it's like these images, like the, there are horrible, grotesque murders in this film, mm-hmm. and yet the images that stick out to me is how amazing it is that I'm captivated simply by looking at two people in a kitchen yeah. prepare dinner. Yeah. yeah, simply by the way it's filmed. Absolutely. Um, but why do blocking? You... Blocking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't that make you think about how little those techniques are utilized in most film? They're that... almost never. Almost, almost never. Yeah. So what are the two things happening there? There's it's not editing right because they're not cutting between mm-hmm. different perspectives right. in a in a scene as much but they are expertly choreographing camera movement mm-hmm. and blocking in front of the camera right, mm-hmm. right. um w- why do you think those are really not well utilized in popular cinema like it, I, 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 a couple of reasons i think it takes a lot of work yeah um it takes more work to chore to choreograph a 40 second shot than it does to just edit and splice together. Right. Because you uh, do you know. takes and takes and takes and takes. It's like, oh, we can use this from that, or we can use, use that it. from yeah. this, or we can use yeah. this from that. Yeah. But there's all, it also just comes down to simply just the storytelling. It's just like, yeah. this man is directing you yeah. to certain things in the scene simply by moving the camera a couple of feet. Right. Yeah. Without, you know, Right. Just what he's putting in the frame. It's just like Absolutely. he's saying he's like, look at this. Yeah, exactly. Now, kind of thing, as For opposed sure. to like, now I'm over this person's shoulder, and now yeah. I'm over that person's shoulder. Right. And, and the it's person also, is telling me like what, right. like what I'm right. supposed to be feeling. And, and look, the music, this person, is, music is and it's, it's also yeah. a merit to the actors to hold out these scenes for like eight, nine, ten minutes. Yeah. Was the yeah. only music in the movie in the beginning when the guy is beating the woman with the pipe? Is that the only instance of music in the movie? You may be correct. I have That's no, so. I, I, I have no recollection. Of music I was uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah it was like very funny like the movie opens and and then the guy takes the pipe right mm-hmm. and and that's it and then it cuts to him horribly beating a woman to death with a pipe it's yeah. it's the first forty seconds of the movie and it's terrifying and totally emblematic of everything well and it out. starts off with a, a horrible joke about a prostitute being killed that's and right. he's like oh that was bound to yeah, happen that's, that's <laughs> right. like, um, uh, yeah. yeah exactly uh, but that but. It had funny music, like right. th- like as he's hitting her, um, and to I guess I'm pretty sure. And the, the way only... it cuts yeah, after yeah, he's beating her too yeah, is yeah, Im- exactly. implying that oh, this is meant to be taken. Yeah, because, right. Yeah. Well, but that's I I think that but only kinda, adds I mean, to the joke thing, you know, the absurdity of it. I think like I'm thinking to, to what you said about like sort of like opening up the 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 borders to yeah. like influence and stuff, and like it opens up, and as an American viewer, um, like bringing in those American like movie sensibilities like I like I see that opening and I'm like okay I've seen this movie before like I know how this like cop drama goes like the cop will chase this guy and chase this guy and chase this guy until he's able to ultimately solve the murder that might be part of this bigger picture like he'll right. catch the one guy but it might be part of something bigger right um and, I mean it, it like it I don't know if this is intentional for any other like American viewers that there might have been that like right. hey like this is your standard American cop movie yeah right but you know JK it's actually not yeah sure. 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's like structurally not like that either. It's like you said, the killer is caught in the middle of the movie, right? Yeah. And then the and then movie it gets kind of starts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, let me ask you guys, uh, what did it make you think about? Um, well, let me put it this way: What if I told you that the techniques that we're describing—very careful blocking, very careful camera movement, very considered, choreographed, engineered conceptions of scenes, right? On the mm -hmm. scene level, really thinking about constructing a machine of tension, of movement, and letting that be the movie, right? The collection of these little movements and, and dynamisms, right? Um, this is a hallmark of great Japanese cinema. Mm -hmm. um, anytime you're describing any of the great Japanese movies since... Uh, the 1930s, uh, in my experience, the, uh, the earliest Japanese movies I've seen are from the 1930s. And Tokyo Story, that's uh, one I've heard of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that is such a great example. Um, that's by a guy named Yasujiro Ozu, and Ozu is very famous for putting his camera down at kind of the far side of a room, and people are are just sitting down having a conversation on the you know, on the other side of the mm -hmm. room, right? We're just, we're kind of there, we're in the room, we're a little far away, but we can we can understand what's happening and not moving the camera. Uh, the camera just stays there and these people talk and they talk and they talk and they have feelings and they cry in each other's arms and they and they are, sit there in silence, quietly devastated, you know? Um, but you just have to watch that. You're just lower over here and... And you're subject to the beauty of this. Or all, whatever. all you are explaining is how, in a lot of contemporary American film, the 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 viewer is more comfortable simply by the way it is edited. Yes, absolutely. It is absolutely an accommodation of the viewer's comfort, right? right. Um, and of the viewer's, uh, we can say, diminished attention span. Sure, um, we can say that. That. Um, that the trust of the building of a movement, right? It, obviously, that's putting a lot of trust in a viewer to pay attention, to understand the relationship between where a camera was and where it will be, where a character was in a scene and what they're doing now. Um, like, there was an amazing thing where, in a, where two characters are having a conversation in the interrogation room, and in the background, the killer just gets up from the table where he is, and he, and he walks to another table, and nothing really happens, but again, it's terrifying. You're sitting yeah. there, and it's terrifying because you realize that you don't have any control. You're sitting there, and the thing that you thought you were paying attention to is not the thing that was important. And <laughs> right. I, 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 it would have been cheating you can't to go do that back. With like a shot, reverse shot. Yeah, yeah. Type right. Like There's no close-up on yeah. the killer yeah. moving. Yeah, where you're supposed to be like, look, audience. Yeah, right. you're supposed to be expecting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, would be like, it would be a conversation between the, the the two detectives, and it yeah. would cut from one of them to one of them as they're talking. Right. You'd maybe see a little bit of the killer, and then it would cut to the killer. Right. Like, because look, it's him moving now. You're supposed to. To see this, because if you do that, it completely spoils the point of the effect yeah, of absolutely. having that happen absolutely. to begin with. It also, like, I mean, I feel like we, like, anyone who likes movies always talks about a director like trusting the intelligence of their audience. Sure, a good director. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think this this movie, like, it's definitely an instance where where the, the the director is trusting that the audience is coming into this movie with a certain not a not a level of intelligence, but like. 
will be able to like read and understand the movie. Of course, uh, completely taking for granted that the audience yeah. will understand the movie. You know, I have made a piece of art. It's not especially sophisticated. You know, it yeah. is about a, a a detective finding a serial killer. Right? It is about like women being treated badly, and it is about like the mutilated bodies of the victims or whatever. None of these are like particularly highbrow. Um, but the truth is that he does have something serious to say, and he understands that the way that you say those serious things is is the meaning of those things. Mm -hmm. You understand? That there is no separation of the technique you use for a meaning and the meaning itself in the end. Um, but again, this is a hallmark of the control, the dynamism, the choreography, the elegance, the grace of Japanese cinema through the decades. Um, I would be really interested to sit with you guys and watch at least one example of just like a movie so sublime, so badass, so exciting, um, but really operating on a level of craft and imagination um, and performance, of course, um, in a way that just like no one tries and no one has tried really for decades, I would say, um, that there are people like Kenji Mizoguchi and Akira Kurosawa and they are people who just made, they made movies. They made movies through the 30s, through the 50s, sometimes more. But the truth is, those movies that they made, there really aren't like movies as good as them made since then, you know? You watch them and you say, holy shit, that's just like, that's what that is, man. That's the art form. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude, have you seen Pulp Fiction? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and, and like, and... Or, or The Godfather, whatever. Like, can you really sit there and you watch The Godfather and you're just like, that's the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. And you're right, you know? Like, there's there's basically, there's nothing as good as The Godfather. We can say that. But I just think that you're sitting down and you encounter a movie and it excites you in a way that nothing else has because it, it, that's the piece of art, right? That's the piece of art that that guy made that day with all those people. And it's there to stand the test of time. Um, but the truth is that, like, you can really point to these examples and say they are distinct, man. Mm -hmm. They are operating on a level that is so incredible and so distinct, really, from our popular imagination. You know, it's not it's not gone from our cultural memory. Great movies, right? We we understand Casablanca, or Citizen Kane, or The Godfather, or whatever. We can we can just list movies that are great and that you know that that's how great they'll always be. Um, but the truth is that I don't think we really make those these days in the, in a popular context, and even those um, is di are difficult to compare to like a lot of these great great works. Have you, you know? seen Joker? <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing. Do you do you want to have Joker chat now? Or oh sure, we've uh, talked about Joker almost every fucking uh, episode. I think every episode. Watched it. Well, uh, sure. We're, 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 we're coming up on time. sixty minutes, so that, uh, so quick. Okay, you're sixty seconds of Joker from okay. each of us. I got nothing. Okay, okay great. Okay. Oh, one hundred and eighty seconds of Joker. <laughs> yeah, you get you get my sixty seconds. Uh, <laughs> Man, tell us what you thought about Joker. Joker and how it compares to Cure <laughs> is yeah that's 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 interesting. Um, let's think about Joker and Cure as both as movies about the sickness of society, right? Let's think about them as movies about people who find themselves going crazy in the maelstrom of everyone going crazy around them, right? Um, what do you think about that? Why, if you think that Cure is better than Joker? 
what's what what would make you think that since they're so similar that way it's unfortunate that I'm immediately drawn to saying why I think Joker is ineffective well, as opposed to why I think Cure is effective. There, and I mean, that's, well, and, and I, I bet the ways that you would describe the Joker as ineffective are obviously things that Cure uh, handles very capably, you know? Uh, well, sure. I just think that... I think it's it's the Joker is designed and presented to us in such a stylized way that it's just like... Come on in. We're going to take good care of you. Stylized, yes. And you're going to have a good time yeah. watching these horrible things happen. As opposed it's to also, like... I, talk to me about why you think Joker is stylized but not Cure. Oh, well, no. I do I do think Cure is absolutely stylized. But I think Joker is stylized in such a way yeah. to appeal to the kind of people... I see. ...that wouldn't normally find interest in the subject matter itself and it is clearly constructed in such a way that it is meant to interest as many of those people that wouldn't otherwise I enjoy see. it. I see. It's 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 too broadly accessible to be interesting. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well but what I just think I think it's like, you know, something like Cure, it's like you I don't we think have Cure is, is I mean Cure I don't think it's as accessible. Like, yeah, at well, all. certainly yeah, not. Obviously, obviously. But after this conversation we just had, and all the lovely things you had to say about it, Fernando, uh, Raph, not so much. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, was how fucking deep that pond is of information that we can talk about it. Joker is very, very surface well, level. Uh, I think, I think, like, with any movie, it's super important to understand, like, the context within which you're, you're watching it or yeah. within which that movie exists. And, yeah, like, a movie is, like, only as good as, like, it's reference to the rest of that context. Um, so, like watching watching Joker, um, I, I'm completely lost in where I was going to go with this. But, but, but the the the. Well, the, you could imagine that Joker, right, is made for us now, um, mm-hmm. and it, and it might appeal to the people of the world today, right? That it that it's made for us and and. And we should be grateful that like a movie is like pretending to deal with serious things in a real right. way, right? Pretending that, that is it, a perfect that it like way. uses yeah. this vehicle of of popular culture, right? Joker, Batman, comics, uh, many decades of of the characters and their histories um, as like a vehicle, right? Of some kind of commentary, um, some kind of theme or, or, or message, Indeed. right? Is, some is, some kind that, of... That, that, <laughs> can you cut, cut out the part where I sounded dumb before? Oh, sh- sure. <laughs> Do you want me to cut out this part, too? As well? <laughs> no, you can <laughs> leave this <laughs> part. Oh, and everybody's going to have to guess. Yeah, guess which one is right. Sure. I, I will not clarify. <laughs> um, uh, here's the thing. We've got with Joker something that is meant to be using kind of this Trojan horse of culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to supply you with something like a perspective right. on Using one on of the society most popular pop or, characters or people. of yeah, all time. Exactly. Just like... um, so maybe this isn't so different in that it uses these popular ideas and tropes and genres of the detective and the serial killer mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, magic even. You know, wh- whatever recognizable ideas that Cure has, I don't know that they're so different from the recognizable ideas of Joker, right? They're just two directors who are trying to get mm-hmm. something across and they're they're doing it in the way that makes sense yeah. to them, you know? Um, but I think there are reasons that Cure is more successful with this than Joker. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> and it's... I don't know if it's just craft, you know? Um, I... Th- 
maybe there's maybe there's more going on like the the essential like vapid nature of this corporate thing that like Joker and Batman DC Comics is like essentially a corporate product mm-hmm. um, and it could never be subversive or meaningful the way that Cure is. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's its sure. essential ceiling. I, but man, I want I want to ask you a question. Um, do do you think if First of all, did you like Joaquin's performance? And if you did, how much do you think that elevated the film? Oh wow! Itself. Okay. Okay. Because as this far is a, as this is a very good question. And Raph, I, I I want you to answer this that question, question as well. Yeah. Once Nan, once once Nan is done in twenty minutes. <laughs> do you want mine since it'll be quicker? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a good, that's let's, a good uh, idea. <laughs> let's start low. Um, I mean, I thought his, I mean, his performance was was great. I, I I've, we've talked about this before. That's when I watch true. movies, I am not necessarily looking first to a performance when I'm like understanding whether or not I enjoy a movie. Like, yeah, yeah there are other sure. things that that I look at, or or that there are other things that jump out from the screen to me. Um, so like with Cure, like. The fact that there was like very little editing, um, and the, the way that the scenes were set up in terms of these one shots that we've talked about, um, something like that is going to jump out to me more than like the nuances of a particular like acting performance will. Yes. Um, and like as great as his acting performance was, like there wasn't enough. There weren't there weren't enough aspects of like the other like filmmaking techniques that were able to jump out at me as being like. Right. Substantial enough to enjoy the movie. That is, that's amazing that he just said. That. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to say anything. Uh, I think, I, well, but I, I think, I think it's so true that when you, the moment that you understand that you're kind of watching a shitty movie, like it doesn't really matter how good anyone is in it, you know. Mm. Um, but, but, and obviously it's like so subjective, and like everyone's. Everyone's per- particular perspectives, and the, and it like so colors the way that I saw that performance. You know, I was sitting there, and I was like not having a very good time because every scene was very boring, and there were no stakes, and uh, you know everything was very unimaginative, and no, nothing interesting was happening. You know, so these are all things that I'm like sitting there, and I'm not understanding like kind of the merit that I'm supposed to. Uh, draw out of any particular aspect of what's mm. happening, you know? Well, let's... Um. <laughs> I'm thinking to... I'm thinking back to the scene in Joker when he's on the train and he shoots those finance bros. Let's take that against the scene where the cop shoots the other cop. Yeah. Like, both scenes... Both scenes open where... And, like, we know how the scene is going to end. Mm-hmm. We know that someone is going to get shot and we know that there is a dog playing with the squeaky toy somewhere and, off and, in the distance. In the, in the other room, yes. We <laughs> um, will not ignore that fact. Yeah. <laughs> but we, but we, we know where both scenes are going to end up. Um, and I, I can't like speak to like what it was in terms of the way that the, that the scenes are like are set up and, and the, the way that they play out versus each other. Um, obviously, you know, we can talk about the, the, single, the single shot versus yeah. like, you know, just like... The, the, the many the, stupid cuts. The many, the many cuts. <laughs> the the swelling of the music that's yeah. supposed to tell you how you're supposed to feel. The extreme close-ups. It cues yeah. when you know the gunshot is going to go off right, and like yeah. when the person is is going to die. Um, the like unimaginative like or like there's like the the like the the stupidity that the that the script has in terms of like the dialogue that the characters are. Like, yes, of course. Everything they're saying is so dumb. The lack of dialogue <laughs> in the in the other. 
mm-hmm. in the other scene right. in Cure. Like, right. hey, you're a, we work for Wayne Enterprises, and <laughs> we have lots of money. Can't you see by my suit? Cut to Joker. I'm a poor guy, and I just laugh a lot. Cut to rich guys. <laughs> bang, you're bang. just a big dum-dum. Hey, hey that, what's so funny? Yeah. Send in the clowns. <laughs> It's like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Raph, you're a genius. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's so. But I think I think the magic word that you're looking for is tension, right? When you're constructing a scene, you choose to have tension or you don't. You choose to tighten an audience's attention, right? Um, pulling it taut so that they cannot react except to sit there and ponder. What is happening, you know? Ponder the significance of every action, of how it relates to the story, of what might happen in a moment or whatever. But these are all questions that an audience is forced to have just by having their attention pulled so tight. I don't think there is a a single moment in Joker that was interested in grabbing my attention that way. Mm. To me, it fundamentally didn't give a shit about whether or not I was paying attention to any particular scene. No, it didn't. Mike, give us 40 seconds on Joker. 40 seconds on Joker. I will I will admit this. As an actor, yeah. I was fooled. I was seduced yeah, during right. my first viewing of it yeah, because yeah. I was like, holy shit, yeah, I love Joaquin Phoenix. Wow. Yeah. I watched it a second time. I couldn't get I couldn't I couldn't get the through. magic the magic was right because yeah. I realized yeah. there wasn't there, ever. And there was nothing magic. around it. Yeah. No, there wasn't. Um uh, have you seen Okay, tell me your other <laughs> Uh, favorite Joaquin Phoenix performances. Oh, he is amazing in The Master. The Master. Okay. Yes. First, of all, he's I- exceptional in that. You were never really here. He's freaking great in mm-hmm. uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. Sure. He's fantastic. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was only going to say um, you should mention The Master because The Master mm-hmm. um, is really one of my favorite movies of the decade. I have a I have a pretty high on my list. Um, I think I have it at number two on my list. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Damn, you should have been on our Best of the yeah. Decade episode. Um, we can do another one. It could be Fernando's Best of the Decade. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> no, you just, it, yeah. it'll, it'll yeah. be things I've ever heard. <laughs> well, Nando, well, you told us your number two. What's your number one? Your uh, number oh, one of the decade. Oh, my God. My well, number, well, well, dude, dude. Sa- oh, save it for the episode. Save it for the episode. Yeah. Yes. To find That's out great. Fernando's number right. one, Best of the Decade. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on Dragon Ball. <laughs> he hasn't um, gotten to Dragon Ball Z yet. Wonderful. Um, all I wanted to say was that the master is great and the master is interested in sustaining your attention in a particular scene the master understands that in a scene an audience should be invested in kind of what's happening moment to moment should really feel like there's potential for a surprise or interest in something developing in a scene Um, the truth is Joker and a great great many of popular movies that come out are really not very interested in sustaining my attention in a scene. Um, but that's the difference between Joaquin being great in a good movie and be doing what he does in a not very good movie, mm. right? Um, whereas in The Master, he has challenging material. I think the difference is that in The Master, Joaquin is forced to occupy something like a role in a larger piece of art, right? And he must rise to be as great as the other art around him. Mm. He has to understand his role in a scene. He has to understand where he is in a story and 
create a performance accordingly, right? And it is not the only performance. It is not the only tool of the movie. He understands that he will be edited and he will be directed and choreographed in scenes so that he must interact in ways that are interesting with other things. Whereas with Joker... <laughs> I was about to say, the way you're saying all of that sure sounds as if he wasn't... Well, <laughs> he didn't need to let do me put it things. this way. He uh, also didn't need any of that stuff in Cure because he's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the difference. That in, that in Joker, um, it can have five scenes of Joaquin Phoenix dancing in front of a TV or whatever... And it doesn't matter because that's just what the movie is. Yeah, They've chosen to make a movie that is that for some someone reason. on the internet said that that was iconic, so uh, it must be a good movie. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 you can put it on a poster, right? And you can put it in a trailer, and you can put it in an Oscar reel, Dun. and it looks like good acting. But good acting is inextricable from being in a good movie. I think. I think that's part of being in a great performance. Is uh, is being a. a just an aspect of what's going on, you know. Wow, that's, that's a very interesting. Take well, on. but 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 to me, it's like so obvious that Joker is deficient that way, especially compared. Like to me, watching Cure, that's that's what every popular movie should be. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's not especially new, right? I've, it's a story I've seen before. Um, it's not especially highbrow. Um, it's full of terrible things happening mm-hmm. and is very disgusting to a great mm-hmm. many people. Um, but the truth is. That someone gave a shit when they made it, you know. Um, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't invented to make a balance sheet. It was just the studio has to make this much money every year, and they understand that giving it to good directors who make movies that people give a shit about will end up actually making pretty good movies. You know, I don't think that's an ethos that's like particularly popular in uh, American cinema. And it can be watched and enjoyed. By dum dums like me, dum dums like me, pretty smart guys like Mike, and intellectuals, and, yeah, like Fernandy Bowles, yes, uh, and that, that's perfect because I, I, we, I have to stop us because <laughs> wow. we, we are so far over our, our usual quota here. Um, but it is, it's, it's mesmer, it's mesmerizing. Ooh, that's Ooh, an in uh, joke if you see the movie. Yes, it's yeah. a part of Cure. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> Listening to you talk um, about that, what you find effective well, and what speaks to you in film, Fernando, and it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much, guys, I for think having we make me. This on. a regular this occurrence. Yes, well, you're welcome. This back is so much fun like. just talking about the greatest things in the world with you guys. You know, you're, you guys are so imaginative and insightful. This is really so much fun. Appreciate it, brother. Before yeah. we let you go, um, I want you to be able to tell everyone where they can find you. On the interwebs, because oh. your letterbox is amazing. Yes. Oh, yes. And you're on, you're on the Twitter machines we're, we're and everything. Oh, the Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Uh, um, the only interesting thing about my social media presence is my letterboxed, and that is only interesting because I am an enormous dork about it. I scrupulously log everything I ever see and everything I ever have seen, and I make ridiculous lists there. You can find me at at Fab Movies. F A B movies one word um guys thank you so much for having me this was like so much fun i really want to do this all the time this is cool fantastic yeah beautiful excellent i love it thanks for coming thanks america yes yeah (laughs) thanks to japan (laughs) thank you japan thank you kiyoshi kurosawa yes thank you letterbox yeah thank you thank you criterion channel where we found cure absolutely um criterion channel is like the greatest thing for any moviegoer of the day you know 
What are we talking about next time? Uh, next time, I don't know. Find out on Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs>